Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Business Line Podcasts. I am your host, T.R. Vivek. Yesterday, Kumar Mangalam Birla, the chairman of Aditya Birla Group, resigned as the non-executive chairman of the telecom company Voda Idea. Voda Idea, of course, was formed uh, when uh, the two beleaguered debt-ridden telecom operators, Birla's Idea and UK's Vodafone, merged. Um, and uh, now he is willing to. Uh, Birla is willing to offer. or give up his stake in the debt-ridden telecom company uh, birla owns around 27% uh, in voda idea and vodafone about 44% uh, kumar birla's resignation perhaps marks the end of the group's tumultuous and painful two decade long adventure in india's telecom things are so bad at voda idea that birla is offering to give up his stake to the government and wants uh, and there are several analysts who are advocating that the government should buy up uh uh what uh, idea the plight of his uh, partner vodafone is perhaps even worse vodafone has lost nearly uh, 12 to 14 billion dollars in india and uh, you know uh, it perhaps seems a cunning indian plan to extract partial reparations from the uk for the uh, plunders of uh, the east india company uh Voda Idea's travails are perhaps emblematic of the mess in the Indian telecom sector itself. Um, India, of course, was once the most coveted telecom market in the world with more than a billion users. What went so horribly wrong for everyone, with the exception of one or two in Indian telecom? To discuss this mess, I am joined by Thomas K. Thomas, Business Line's uh, bureau chief in Mumbai, and an ace telecom reporter himself, who has covered the sector for nearly two decades. Hello Thomas welcome to BL podcast I am very great to be here once again Thomas is this the end of the road for Voda Idea and Birla group in Indian telecom Okay yeah so that's a uh, billion dollar question which everybody's uh, sort of wanting an answer to whether this is the end of the road for the Birlas and end of the road for Vodafone Idea So let me just put that into perspective from the point of view of where the industry is today right so if you look at the industry today we have three private players which is uh, Reliance, Jio, Airtel, Vodafone Idea, and of course the private sector, public sector company BSNL. At one point time, when Vodafone and Idea had merged, clearly the two companies, when they merged, they were the largest in terms of the subscriber base, right? But soon Jio came in and sort of swept the market away through a you know smart tariffing. They brought in uh, new services, features, right? Until then. uh most of the stuff that is what's being offered by the telecom operators uh they were going after the low hanging fruit which was basically offering very basic uh voice based telephony right so it's only when jio came into the market you know uh, people started talking about 4g and data and uh, things like that and after 2016 we are seeing that uh you know uh, players like airtel have also moved up that value chain from just offering simple basic voice services to whole lot of things right so in that context uh, what had happened is that uh, uh, there was a time period around 2016 2017 when uh, vodafone and idea at that time and airtel were doing reasonably well they had the market with them most of the other operators had uh, you know sort of either died down or shut down operations 2g scam had happened so lot of licenses were uh, you know had to be scrapped so essentially it was idea vodafone and bharti who were running the show as far as telecom is concerned uh, right about around 2016 17 uh, there was a decision that needed to be taken on 4g whether 4g should be 
invested into? Should we buy Spectrum? Should there be a rollout and all that? Jio came in, and I think that both Vodafone and Idea sort of misread the that market at that point in time. And if you look at the uh, auction that happened around that time, uh, neither Vodafone or Idea acquired much of 4G spectrum. Uh, most of the 4G spectrum was acquired by Jio and Airtel. So that is uh, sort of a miss, if I may put it that way, on the part of Vodafone Idea. And you know, in technology, you blink and you miss, right? We've had so many brands who've lost out of the technology race because they've missed out on the on certain technology cycles. So by the time they realize that you know, you know, 4G is, is something which is here and now, and you know, in those days, the executives in Vodafone Idea used to talk about 4G as if, as if something was going to happen in the 2020s, 23, it will come, 24, it will come. It was happening right in front of them. So they missed that bus. And by the time the investments came in, uh, you know, by the time you know, Geo had taken away the market, Airtel had invested. They acquired you know a lot of Tata, uh, Tata's business. So they got in 4G like that. So that is a, a crucial element into the whole thing. So people, uh, you know, a lot of commentators say it's the government's fault. Like AGR happened and, you know, policy issues were there. Yes, all of those were right. And as you rightly pointed out in your uh, opening remarks that telecom is a story of uh, completely, uh, you know, short-term bad policy making. But... Is Vodafone completely out of this? No, they also have to take some, you know, blame out of this. Now, coming to your question on, uh, you know, what is the future for them, right? So here is a situation where both the existing promoters, which is Virula Group and Vodafone PLC, have said they are not going to invest any more equity, right? So telecom is a highly capital-intensive business. You can't say I am not going to pump in money, right? When you have Airtel and Jio pumping in billions of dollars, rolling out new networks acquiring subscribers and 5G is coming up next year. So you'll need fresh investments coming in, right? So you are sitting on a debt pile of 1.8 lakh crores, right? You owe government almost 1.2 lakh crores uh, of which some of these payments are coming up as early as next year. Uh, you don't have any plan to pump in fresh equity for fresh rollout, fresh acquisition of spectrum, right? So if you look at the totality of that in the current set of circumstances, it looks very difficult. The road looks, you know, very, very uh, Sort of, I mean, I mean, I would say the end of the road for them. So what? But but if the government, so the ball is here in now the government's court because there are, as I said, there are some policy tweaks that the government can do, uh, uh, which we can talk about uh, in detail. Uh, but if those things come in, uh, and if uh, Vodafone Idea is able to improve its cash flows, then what could happen is that some other investor may be interested to run the show because. You know, if with enough cash flows and the policies are favorable, somebody else might say, look, I'm willing to pump in the equity and, you know, buy the, buy the shares of the Birla or Vodafone. Or Birla or Vodafone themselves might say, okay, maybe things look better now, I can run the show, right? But it all depends on, from here on, how the government is going to respond to this. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas, uh, uh, you know, before we delve deeper into the present and the future of the business, for younger listeners, uh, uh, you know, give us a flashback of the origins of of this entity, which was, you know, which was quite unique in those days. You know, it was formed as an alliance, you know, almost a menage a trois, um, you know, between uh, the two, the two, the two most prominent faces of Indian corporate sector and a global telecom giant in AT and T. Yeah. So. Uh, even before that, you know, this whole idea of getting into telecom space was actually taken by Kumar Mangalam Birla's father. 
and i think it was one of his last decisions uh, he he took before he passed away uh, in the in, in in 1994 95 i think uh, and then uh, kumar mangalam brilla took over the reins when he was just 28 years old and at that point in time you know this company was known as sterling communication and uh, you know uh, they, they formed a company called brilla communications they acquired sterling Communi- communications from shivasankaran group so that's how it started uh, it, it, way back in 94 when the first licenses were given out uh, you know and there was uh, the atnt uh, deal and then the tata came, tata also had a telecom uh, mobile business uh, at that time so they all merged and they came to be known as batata in the in the you know uh, early 1990s uh, sorry late 1990s early 2000s right mm-hmm. uh from there around 2001 is when the government decided i am they are going to issue out uh you know uh, so until then we just had three uh, mobile operators per circle so licenses are given in circle wise like so delhi is one circle maharashtra is one circle tamil nadu is one circle so every circle had three operators so the government then said okay you know uh, uh, we need to bring more competition so let's bring in a fourth cellular operator so they invited bids and you know there was an auction which was carried out in the 2001 time frame and that's when really uh, the birla groups telecom venture really uh, you know took shape because that's the time when they got a lot of these uh, fourth cellular licenses across the country so pretty much from being a, like a three circle four circle operator they become more more pan in pan india in around 2001 time frame right and that's the also the time when uh, idea cellular as a concept uh you know as an idea came came about uh, so because birla said that we want to run the whole show on on itself and atnt was struggling back home in the us and atnt uh, decided they want to exit some of the known non core uh, geographies right so they moved out of india uh, tatas decided they want to go on their own uh, you know so if you remember there was this whole thing about cdma technology which came in mm-hmm. right so that was being led by uh, dhirubhai ambani in those days and mukesh ambani so tata said let's throw our weight behind that technology and you know get our own licenses so then there was a conflict between birla group and tata on you know how can you have you know two conflicting businesses you are running on your own and you are also invested here so tata has existed out of that so it became just birla completely controlled by birla there was a malaysian investor which came in small minority stake and the idea cellular brand was formed so uh, if you look at that from then on that business was pretty good you know so uh from 2002 2003 onwards despite the challenge which came from cdma they pretty much did fairly well uh they understood the 2g market very well voice was you know something which they knew how to do it and along with airtel they pretty much uh, took control of the market uh, uh, uh all the way uh, till till this jio thing came in 2016 uh, okay so that's i think that's why i said there was a miss of uh, of how they sort of understood misunderstood the market dynamics changing so up until then they were doing fairly well right so imanju kapanya used to run who's now been brought back as the uh, you know as a man to lead after birla's step down he was leading as the ceo of idea cellular then and if you look at the quarterly numbers which they used to put on uh, they used to come up with pretty decent uh, profit numbers you know so it was running very well vodafone also was independently uh, uh, you know so again they also go back to a, went to uh, through various uh, iteration of mergers acquisition you know it was earlier known as sr then it became orange because hachison came in uh, right then uh, vodafone acquired hachison became vodafone sr then sr got out of this became vodafone india you know and then 
so the, if you look at the journey of idea cellular and vodafone independently up till 2016 2017 no issues they were doing fairly well uh, in all the markets that they were working on and they had pretty much good control of the 2g market 3g also came around 2010 they were you know they were pretty decent with that so 2016 is where the turning point happened and that's where the things started going wrong thomas is, is telecom a case of the indian government killing the golden goose uh, you know except one operator you know uh, th- this seems to be a graveyard for all manner of players you know from the tatas yeah. to birlas to to global majors it it can't be the case that all of them were were incompetent right so you know th- this seems to be a case of uh, the government willfully uh, uh, you know destroying a sector that was that was built uh, and which had huge potential over over two and a half decades yeah i totally agree with you uh, <clears throat> so this entire telecom saga so people ask you know is telecom a success story or not consumers are getting the lowest tariffs look at our data rates and all that but my argument is if you go to another country like the us or japan or you know or, or korea you see what you are missing out on as a consumer right they are they are like 5 6 7 10 years ahead of us in terms of services that we have so the rot started way back in 94 when they decided to open the market right so the government then said Uh, we will do an auction for a license and uh, you know companies like hfcl which was run by mahindra nahata then and even now uh, quoted this astronomical uh, astronomical amount like 10000 crore for a license those days 10000 crore in those days would be you know worth several uh, you know lakh crores in today's value and they went ahead with that and they re- then the operators went back and said oh we can't pay this bail us out right so what does the government do they say Uh, in 99 they said that we will go to a revenue share arrangement so instead of collecting fee up front you start paying me a revenue share right so revenue share happened everybody hailed as a great uh, you know uh, uh, policy because it brought down the tariffs and so on and so forth and, and all that so yes it did all of that but in a way you were legitimizing a wrong which was done in 94 through this formula that you came in with 1999 okay so that happened 99 it happened Uh, you know people accepted it went on 2001 again what happened uh, you know by the time uh, dhirubhai ambani who was missing out on the telecom action uh, started thinking of getting into telecom right and those days it was as i said there were only three operators allowed so how do you get into this space so he came up with this whole uh, uh, you know theme of cdma technology let's bring in a new uh, like a operation or a technology called cdma technology and they said that this is going to be a poor man's phone that was a argument given because in those days gsm technology was predominant and the operators used to charge 8 rupees 16 rupees per minute and the handphones used to be extremely expensive so jio uh, not jio uh, reliance came and said that we will break this down give us this technology and we will make sure that we will uh, massify this whole thing so they said uh, we will not do full fledged mobile we will do a limited mobility uh, kind of a thing so government bought into that argument and gave this spectrum to them saying that you do limited mobility the limited mobility became full mobility and that became another you know mad uh, fight between the gsm camp and cdma camp uh, yeah did did reliance manage to do what they said did it democratize voice calls and broad tariff yes it did but did did you see rickshawwalas hanging going around with those white uh, reliance phones yes 500 rupees 501 phones 501 phones it did happen 
but at what cost right i mean so you you tweak policy in a such a way that you allowed a new player to do meet your objective but was it done in a way which uh, sort of would satisfy all your governance issues right uh, then it went to a huge uh, you know legal uh, uh, you know uh, controversy and then finally the government again cobbled up a compromise formula where they convinced the gsm operators to withdraw the all the legal cases and uh, got reliance to pay an entry fee to get that license in those days mobile you could get a mobile license by paying 1650 crores uh, so reliance paid that money up front and converted their entire uh, you know legitimized so another case of legitimizing uh, a, 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 you know a policy which was done without thinking and then they legitimized this Mm-hmm. so you have these instances of uh, policy making come to 2008 so from 2003 the patch up happened peace time so 2003 2008 peace time there was no much not much happening reliance was rolling out their cdma and uh, airtel vodafone and idea respectively with gsm 2008 is when the next big thing happens when you know a raja famously announced i'm going to further open up this market right and say i'm going to bring in more competition into the whole thing which is a good idea but the way he did it which you all know how he did it i mean he suddenly on one day he decided that today is the last day for paying bank guarantees and all that and you know i was there in dot and i could see people queuing up uh, you know and then he said this is going to be first come first serve so whoever applies the first gets the license so to be the first there was a queue right and uh, and by the way he had already informed certain people uh, operators that this is going to be the day when i'm going to announce it right so all the people who were already in the know were already inside the department of telecom with the uh, bank guarantees required to get a license whereas everybody everybody was else was standing so that was the scam i mean much has been written about it so i don't want to get into that oh gee scam happened but i'm just saying that that was another flawed policy that happened because of that what happened you brought in a lot of players competition happened yes good a lot of investments came in telenor came in russia's mts came in but two years later the supreme court you know decided there was a scam and you know they scrapped they scrapped the old, all the licenses right so all those billions of investments that you brought in infrastructure that you created employment that had happened everything gone in one shot right mm-hmm. and who's to be blamed who's to be blamed for all of this right it is the government's bad policy making right so repeat to see this yeah thomas to cut to the present um, there have been some uh, suggestions by by analyst you know which i think are preposterous that the government should buy out voda idea and and run it you know given the government's track record shambolic record of you know running bsnl to the ground uh you know do you think it makes any sense for government to bail out voda idea at this stage and and uh, just fritter away the taxpayers money yeah so should the government bail out vodafone idea my answer is yes should the government bail out by taking ownership of vodafone idea my answer is no but you know but there are other ways to do it i mean in terms of policy and all that and i'll tell you why it is a bad idea to take ownership and as you rightly pointed out there are two reasons one is uh, government itself is a- a trying to exit uh, a lot of these business i mean the disinvest- disinvestment is happening air india theater trying to get out dpcl is happening so government itself has decided they want to get out of these you know core infrastructure businesses so when they have decided that then how can they take on another project that's one number two they already have two psus telecom psus in their kitty and they are struggling right and we know the case why it is struggling mismanagement political interference they have not been allowed to you know expand and buy equipment so all of that is known right so with all of the knowledge how do you 
make the decision that i'm going to take this over and make it into another uh, you know nationalized company it doesn't make sense at all for me uh, you know and just for the heck of you know creating a thing that okay another operator is also in the market uh, mm-hmm. just to say that i don't think this is a, a good way of doing it right but mm-hmm. there there are other ways i mean uh, there are other ways of policy making which can help vodafone idea uh, to serve uh, so I, i wouldn't say survive because survival is something which is immediate right so what can you do to make the operator th- thrive so instead of survival can you think of thrival thrival right you know so so look let's look at those kind of policies right uh, not But immediate what, what, what would those be what would those be just thinking about should the government then then then, then wave off the uh, the agr dues that the companies owe them which run into no, billions of dollars no i don't think you should wave it off because see there are these this is this is this has revenue implications for government also right mm-hmm. so uh, if if they are supposed to get uh, whatever money from license fee revenue share or spectrum fee see typically government gets about 40 to 50000 crores a year from telecom services right so there are ways i mean can you then say that you know find a formula where i say that as a government this is what i need from the from the industry i need 40000 crores from the industry right uh, on a yearly basis uh so how do i get that so so right now what how they do it is that they have something called as license fee which is around 8% of the revenues that you make every year on top of if that you have something called a spectrum usage charges which is about 4 to 6% uh you know and then uh, uh you know so these are two ways they have so and then you have the, all the income tax and you know all of the taxes so typically the a telecom operator pays about 30% of its revenues to the government right Mm-hmm. so can you rationalize this in a way that your income doesn't get impacted but at the same time you don't penalize an operator who's making good revenue so right now if i'm making excellent revenues i have to pay a fraction of that to the government 8% fixed right if i'm making 100 rupees i have to pay 8 rupees if i'm making uh, you know 1000 rupees i have to pay 80 so why like that you know so i am saying let the government say that this is what i need 40000 crores is what i need and to get that money what is the uh, license fee that i would uh, need to charge you this year so every year let it be flexible you know so that's one uh, number two is uh, this this whole idea of agr so they have to pay this 50000 crore or whatever uh, second so give give them a, so you already give them a one year moratorium which is uh, which ends in like april uh, march 31st mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. so can you give another one year extended by another one year moratorium you give 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 them the third thing that they can do is see, this whole idea of agr uh, let me just spend 2 minutes in explaining this sure it's and it is important it is because the, the definition of agr according to the operators is that i will pay you revenue share from the revenue that i earn from telecom services so i am because i am using spectrum which is a natural resource which you are giving me so whatever revenue i am getting from telecom i give you a revenue share fair enough what the government is saying is that is not enough i want revenue share from all your revenues which means if x operator is keeping a, a, a sort of a kiki in a bank and that he is is earning an interest on that the government is saying i want revenue share on that also mm. to to me that is a little unfair you know because if an operator is making money from some other ways why should the government be interested in that part of the revenue right mm. you you have given the operator to perform telecom licenses you have given them uh, uh, spectrum to do telecom services so you take revenue from that so i think the government should clarify that once and for all uh you know 
cannot do it retrospectively i don't know if we can do with then we are dealing with the supreme court judgment here you know so it is, it is yeah so that yeah so that is so you yeah so that is i'm saying we cannot do it retrospectively because the supreme court judgment is there but it is a policy decision which the government can take for the future right you can say that from here on this is what the uh, policy is right because the supreme court has ruled on a decision which the dot is taken in 2003 and said that what dot is decided in 2003 is correct that that whatever policy that they had decided is correct mm-hmm. the government can now say i am changing my policy there 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 should not be an issue with the, if, if you i mean as a legislator or as an executive the power of policy making lies with the executive right the court cannot intervene there. Mm-hmm. so that's another uh, you know thing that they can do Thomas, the proponents of uh, of of a government takeover of Vodafone idea, uh, they say that uh, you know it is in the interest of not allowing a duopoly in the market. Uh, how valid are such concerns? Uh, is duopoly indeed so bad? And given the AGR uh, judgment, you know, w- which has implications on uh, Airtel's balance sheet as well. So, uh, you know, um, and, and uh, given that, are we then looking at a monopoly? You know, uh, given the pressures it will create uh, for Airtel and its ability to have a significant watchlist to invest in, say, five G technology in the future. so what are the implications for the telecom sector in general and for us as consumers uh, you know are, are are we looking at 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 a monopoly yeah so firstly your first question is duopoly such a bad thing right so if you look at other sectors uh, where you have ports airports for example airports like now adani is pretty much controlling uh, you know a significant part of the infrastructure you look at other brands also in the market you have clear uh you know uh, market players and brands which are dominant players and then there are these fringe players so is duopoly such a bad thing or not uh so in the telecom space the worry is that if if you don't have more than two operators they could jack up the tariffs that is the bottom line of this fear that if you don't have more two, the competition levels will uh you know decrease and therefore the operators will be free to fix up a higher tariff no but the thing is that is already happening if you looked at look at what uh, airtel has done last week and so if you look at the tariff announcements over the last year or so right, tariff increases already happening uh, so uh, so yeah so there is some merit to that question whether whether duopoly is such a bad thing or not and why not just have two players and let them two strong players and let them run the show and why even save uh, vodafone idea i mean that's a valid question uh, 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 you know which 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 needs uh, some detailed analysis of whether because in see in, in the telecom space we've never had a situation where there are more, less than three or four operators we already always had three four you know in mid 2000s it was 10 operators 12 operators it's only now we have come to a situation where you have very uh, you know one very strong player one you know reasonably strong and then two weak players right so we need to see how this plays out but personally i feel uh, you know i think it the market is so huge we are talking about a billion population we are uh, you know at 600 million internet connections there's 400 million more to go there is rural connectivity to be done i think in the in that context it makes sense to have a third player in the in the in the ecosystem right uh because the market is so huge if you were a smaller country maybe two was enough look at china right but china is all government controlled china is all government controlled they don't have any private players and these two uh, companies have uh, you know sort of uh, taken up the entire market so can you do something like this here i don't i don't think so personally i, I am in favor of 
having competition alive in this market about your question about uh, airtel uh, so i think airtel is a slightly better position compared to vodafone idea and they play, played it smart and uh, this i think the credit goes here for sunil mittal who is essentially a telecom man right i mean he doesn't do anything doesn't uh, has not dabbled in any other business he has dabbled in retail and but he was he didn't do well so he stuck he stuck to telecom see he understands this business inside out right so so the value proposition is for the airtel is that uh you know currently they are pretty much even stevens if you look at the numbers with jio both in terms of market share of revenue market share of subscribers right uh, they they are coming back into profitable profit numbers are coming back their payout to government is not as high as uh, vodafone maybe i think of 40 or 50% of vodafone idea yeah. uh, and they have understood the game they have invested into 4g you know they getting into services they partnered with a lot of players like netflix and so on and so forth so they are playing it pretty smart uh, and as i said the market is too huge they know that and uh, you know and, and and the good thing is because they are an early entrant into the market the higher end of the market is with them right so mm-hmm. if you look at the high higher end arpu post paid subscribers is with airtel and some with vodafone idea jio is getting into that the predominantly prepaid kind of uh, customers right so airtel knows that they have got the premium customers in bombay delhi metro circles and all that. so i think they are pretty much you know in a, in a nice sweet spot of uh, you know if you look at that and the kind of potential I, which i talked about 1 billion population data deluge is happening consumption is going skyrocketing right so if they are able to weather this out for the next 6 months to 12 months which i think they will be able to do it then it's pretty much you know a great uh, market to be in as far as telecom is concerned so it's a matter of survival for a lot lot of players if you survive this out and you know once you are ready with 5g next year and if you are there at that point in time then the mar- then the market is open for you right so it's it's from here to then who's going to survive who's not going to survive is the question in that context vodafone idea is struggling because as i said 1.8 crore debt payouts going to happen no equity coming in uh, strategy they fallen behind so when you look at all of that thing vodafone idea looks pretty much in trouble Thomas thank you very much for joining us today and uh, until we meet next time goodbye and god bless thank you we were great chatting with you